Good afternoon all and welcome to this episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Glasgow's You Up and Coming Wrestling Podcast where we don't just do reviews, we give you good chat and interesting debate as well. I'm the host this week, Stephen Wilson, and I am joined by my esteemed colleagues. First of all, we've got the analyst, K. Dave, David Hockney. How you doing? How's it going, Dave? Yeah, good thanks. Good, good thanks. And joining us for the first time in a, in a few months is one of the founding members of the Glasgow University Pro Wrestling Society, Nathan Fisher. Hello. Yeah, finally pleased to be my on your debut. Yeah, because last time you, were, you tried to get in here, um, there was a uh, uh, was it, there was no power in the building. No, yeah. it was a power cut. Yeah, power cut. Yeah, it's with the improvise. Yeah, yeah. We did it off a mobile phone and it still worked. <laughs> Absolutely, but it went well, and it's, it's good to have you back on the podcast. The, the, Thank you. The, you as done. official, uh, and joining us as always is a EP, the man behind the controls, Mr. Kwaku Aji. What's up? How's it going? They bad yourself. Good, good, good. So yeah, this is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. If you are listening to the show, uh, drop us a comment. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter, Facebook at, Fu- at Fusion Takeover Radio, Fusion Takeover Radio or Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, and we're on Twitter, obviously, the station one is Fusion underscore Takeover, and also at ESSR Retweet. <laughs> and you can also, <laughs> and if you're not listening to us live, you can listen to us live uh, at strathclydefusion.com. But they're already listening. Yeah, good stuff. If you're not, if you're not listening live, spread the word. <laughs> David does a smooth transition as always. It's good to have you here again. Yeah. Hey, I always think on my feet here. That's uh, that's why you always have me back. Anyway, let's get started with the chat. So, can I just say, as EP, first of all, right, David, last week you were introducing things he was going to introduce five minutes later. This week, don't transition from that to my job. Yeah, understood. Understood. <laughs> I'll just know your role. I'll know my role and shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah, know your role, shut your mouth. David's, David's in the hosting chair next week, Quacker, I should let you know. <laughs> yeah. So you should have some fun with that one. Where to have my resignation, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine, Quacker. I have a pad right here. Uh, right, yeah, so let's get into why we're here. And th- this week, we are going into the subject of video games and wrestling. Now, with a nice wee intro there of 8-bit Universe doing a Nintendo version of the medal theme by Kurt Angle, which is an interesting start to the show. Suggested by David, you know he suggested then since Shinsuke Nakamura, but I thought I'd go for Angle since he made his return this week at TLC. At TLC, but that's obviously a different subject. Yeah, we're obviously going to we're here to talk about wrestling video games now. Everybody here has obviously played the video game. If they've not, then you can just leave the room right now. Mm-hmm. We're all good, good, good. Yeah, right. Fine. So the video. The, Video wrestling games, they've, ever, they've evolved throughout the years. We were talking before the show how actually it goes all the way back to 1987. Back before video games were such a major thing. We were talking about before the show, the first video game ever released as a WWE game. It was Micro League Wrestling. Now, clearly nobody has played that game from the sounds of things. I don't think most of us were even born around that time <laughs> it came out. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we won. Because uh, it was on the Commodore 64. Not a clue. Which is a, a, an ancient gaming console of, his, of days gone by. But it obviously came into the prominence when the N64s came out. We got the Playstations and the Xboxes and obviously the PCs. Mm-hmm. So gaming has obviously gone along there. So what we're going to do, we'll, t- we'll talk about the evolution of wrestling for the first half of the show. We'll do our usual take a wee break to refresh the energy and let people go for the pee. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be brutally honest. And then we'll talk about favourite games and 
of it, uh, first games, and we'll see how it goes from there. Well, good. Sounds like a plan. Right, so as we said there, 1987 was the first was the, when the first wrestling game came out. There, it has evol- evolved over the time towards the early 90s when it came out on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Now, did they have any wrestling games on the Game Boy at all? Not on the Game Boy, no. Did have WrestleMania 2000 on the Game Boy Color, right? Which, safe to say, wasn't as detailed mm-hmm. as the yep. one on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, it came out in 1999. That game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's always start with that. I've actually had that game as well. It was quite an interesting game. So um, we'll, we'll go into that one. There. WrestleMania 2000. It came out in the N64, and it also came out on the Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color. Yeah, exactly. So it was obviously going around about the time of the Attitude Era. Now, I'm trying to remember some of the features of the game. The, f- the thing about the uh, video games, obviously, the graphics and the modes have obviously changed as times went on. I mean, this was one of this was the game you actually had a, the story mode was to go towards the main event of WrestleMania. As yeah, you do, right, yeah. As you do, yep. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, the modes, that's what we'll talk about the modes. And the, the, mo- the modes in the video games have changed dramatically over the time. I mean, at that time, you had a, your standard mode where you'd go to the, the, go to the glory. When the titles, blah, 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 blah. Now the modes have advanced so much, so we've now you've got uh, the story modes and create the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's talk, the story modes, I mean, they've obviously went on. They've changed so much up until the current ones we were talking before the show. Yeah, most of the uh, the story modes you get with these games is they're already, like the writers actually, the creators of the game write them in themselves. Like it's sort of a pre planned storyline over a set time period. Uh, but. You know, say from like around when 2K got involved, that's when you could sort of get involved with creating your own stories and your own rivalries in the sort of either it's my universe or my career mode. I mean, I think it it gives you full creative control, but at the same time, I liked it like in the earlier games when you were sort of a bit younger in your teens and stuff and you had a sort of structure to go with. I think, you know, it sort of told a story, uh, but whilst you play through it at the same time, I always enjoyed games that made you do that. It gives you a set story and you play it as if how you, how you would play it. Yeah, because uh, this was one of the first games where the, the create the wrestler mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this time became really prominent. What was it wrestling? Uh, which one was that? That we were talking again about wrestling in two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Around about that time, uh, the create a wrestler started to come in. It was the, this was actually the first title, in the uh, THQ produced on the M sixty four that you had to create the wrestler mode, mm-hmm. which is uh, quite an interesting. I mean, you kind of look how where that that is actually that particular mode itself has evolved so much to the point now where a lot of people are making wrestlers on the current network or the current systems and having them on for download so everybody else can use them mm-hmm. such that it lets you increase the roster so that you get you can actually get a lot of characters with such vivid detail who are not on the WWE roster like the guys in TNA, uh-huh. like the guys in Japan and Ring of Honor, even the guys over in this neck of the woods in the UK and Scotland. Yeah, and same with like, the 2K games as well. Um, not only could you like create your own wrestlers as well or just download it from community creations, you could also like even change the attires on current models in the game. So if a superstar was already programmed in, uh, you could change their attire and they would be treated as a new create a wrestler and I think that is quite clever considering how many how much space they saved up for create a wrestlers mm-hmm. in those spots yeah because like as you said the detail you can now go into with these wrestlers is unbelievable I mean you get a lot of cases where people are creating wrestlers in the games that are better than the ones created by the developers mm-hmm. like what, they give them like 99 overall and give them finishers that you know look like if you did it in real life it would legit kill somebody 
Well, you don't necessarily always get that. I mean, they, they, a lot of them they create into the the actual spec that the wrestlers are in, their actual moves and the things of the ring, the sets of that. Mm. While well, I was back and when the creator superstar mode first came into prominence and first started off, you were essentially given a set set of of, of faces, a set set of bodies, and a set move set. You're yeah. also given. It was, uh, was WF Warzone, which was developed and released by Acclaim, that had the first career wrestler mode, if I recall. Like what you said, that you had to give them a specific moveset which only belonged to a wrestler in the game. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you'd have to create a wrestler who had like Stone Cold's moveset, etc. And preset faces and stuff as well. Yeah, because you, you, you kind of didn't have so many. I mean, yeah. talking about that game, uh, actually, um, they, was like, they also had three pre-made characters, so you could unlock type of things. Mm-hmm. So... The, the whole development of it wasn't that good I mean obviously you, you just said you were just essentially stone cold as you would be with a yeah. different face mm-hmm. but now you've got that way of you can go into a lot of detail and you kind of pick and choose what moves you're, you're doing I mean you can have obviously a cruiserweight finisher with a hardcore yeah. style yeah. and a, that type of thing so you've got that way you can kind of interchange and kind of make the moveset kind of work it was, a little, it was a little meat and potatoes back in the day you know it was very straightforward uh, basic basic as you can get when it came to creator wrestlers but now is it when it comes to creator wrestlers now it's like you're actually uh, adding an active roster member to the game you know mm-hmm. with all these new features and because I mean on the just out of sheer estimation, how how long did it take you to create a wrestler in, say, WWF Raw compared to, say, WWE 2K18? Which is certainly not as long as it does now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember back in the day, you would, uh, you would spend maybe about five minutes on your wrestler because you kind of had... I remember, I think it was in SmackDown 2, you know, your role, mm-hmm. and I always liked to kind of give my guy, like, the Jeff the Jeff Jarrett body. The Jeff what body? The Jeff Jarrett body. So Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett body. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, same thing. So um, you had that Jeff Jarrett body, and then, like, just because I could have a hairy chest. <laughs> you think it's... The career wrestler nowadays has actually became a bit too detailed to the point where it seems only like professionals like professional makers can actually make anything good to be honest not really I mean I think if you had the time to really sort of sit down and say right I'm going to go full out with this creation this is going to be my main project when creating my universe mode I know and I include a new guy into the roster uh, let's be as detailed as I possibly can and try and be as creative as I can I think it, it can bring out creativity in a lot of people but at the same time uh, I know I've seen people like spend days trying to yeah, perfect, so, yeah. uh, create a wrestler. Well, but I, I think, to be honest, it, it, if you're going to use, if you're going to play it all the time, and you've got the time on your hands, it's probably worth it. Yeah, I mean, the, the creation, obviously, as you said, Nathan, it's, uh, it's getting a lot more detailed. And it's quite hard to do. So much so that obviously the years have went on. The creation mode went away or not just wrestlers, you had to create championships, you had to create entrances which debuted in the SmackDown vs Raw series in WWE. That was 2005? Uh, it was the 2006 version, so potentially the game came out in 2005. SmackDown vs Raw 2006, yeah. yeah. The frustrating thing I always found when they early create the championships is you'd spend ages making this really, really cool title and then you tried to put it on a wrestler and it's like, oh, you have to have so many things to actually put it on. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like you'd spent about 10 minutes maybe even 20 minutes making this tight title and you try to put it on your guy and it's like no so sorry you can't do it mm. type thing well I think the create a championship actually helps in the 2k series like especially with the most recent ones because obviously like in in real life WWE has the sort of main titles have the interchangeable side plates now yeah. so I mm. think maybe if you wanted to create a championship specifically designated to a superstar 
you, you've got the chance to do that. And I, th- I think that's quite clever. Can you actually you do it in the game? Yeah, you yeah. can uh, take a, a base template of a current title that's in the game, and you can change the side plates on it to a specific Superstars logo, or you can change its colour, maybe add a pattern. It's You know, you could make it like leopard print to suit Enzo Amore or something, or maybe add... Uh, take the Universal title and add Brock Lesnar's Beast side plates to the side. Mm-hmm. See, the, the whole of that type of evolution of them, how d- developing a character got so much better as, t- as, as the seasons, seasons went on, especially in the WWE games, because they've got such a longer series as compared to mm-hmm. TNA and obviously ECW and the likes of them. Um, it's coming up to 30 years now of WWE games. Yeah, because like you said, 87 and now it's come full circle. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But uh, you, obviously, the whole thing about entrances as well that kind of things developed when you made superstars as well so much so that now you kind of got a lot of videos online of people kind of making wrestlers or kind of customising the current wrestlers mm-hmm. entrances so there's all these videos of such things like Triple H coming out to the Fandango <laughs> uh, entrance and that type of stuff well as I remember in the early Smackdowns you didn't really see much of the entrance coming out you actually really seen all you seen was the, the entrance the video on the full yeah, screen yeah. Behind, yeah. and then you kind of just they just kind of came no. out as in you were, it was kind of like a zoomed in version of the what did, you were, did they play music as well you had music in that, that, that yeah but it was a full theme yeah yeah uh-huh. but it was kind of like you didn't really see them come out interact with the crowd no um, you just see them walk out and that's it mm-hmm. you didn't see them do like any specific uh, characteristics or taunts or anything as they come out yeah they were kind of like, it was quite gene- generic yeah. they would come out and they would obviously the thing would come out but now obviously the full entrance where you get done you kind of like oh the Finn Balor is a good example mm-hmm. you see Finn Balor kind of when he does the demon thing, he comes out and does the crawl, he kind of corners in. He does the, the hands up when he does yeah. that, it's that certain point in his team. Yeah, that was something that you didn't get in back, back, day, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, so that kind of thing's developed as well. And you can kind of, as I say, a lot of people have fun with it. You can put like a, a serious, make a serious rest and give him a funny entrance and a funny... A funny gimmick, yeah, a funny, funny outfit, and a funny and a funny strut down to the ring as well, which uh-huh. is, which is good. So that's kind of the thing, and that's developed as well. So the whole way that you can kind of make it feel your own is really good as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the, we kind of touched upon the creator wrestler subject last week before our show, yeah, where uh, we had the debate of um, are you quite? I'm not going to use the proper words, but are you sad if you make, make yourself? as opposed to just a random guy. This was quite a debate before the show. Yeah. When we were talking, because uh, Quacker was saying he had the 2K18 game, and this was obviously, would people still make, would you still make yourself now? I mean, obviously when you were younger, you I would. yourself, but would you still make yourself? To be honest, I think it was one of the most enjoyable things I did when having the wrestling games. Is The first thing I would always look forward to is uh, trying to recreate myself as best as I can in in the games. Now obviously, you know, with like the first few games coming out, it had its limitations, you just looked like a, a pixelated version of yourself. But nowadays, um, you know, like you said, the amount of technology they use in these games to create wrestlers is, is outstanding because they've used not just like um, upload community creations with designs and content and stuff, but they've also, I think 2K introduced a photo imaging capture system where mm-hmm. you can upload your picture to the game via the website and then use that as the template for your face. So it would look like your face has been uh, replicated onto this um, this new created template. 
yes. and you would physically put yourself in the game. And that's done. You do that with things like the Kinect nowadays and the Xbox yeah. and that type yeah. of thing. And it's quite cool. I remember years ago, maybe going slightly away from wrestling here, like one of the games was it Total Club Manager or something on the PlayStation, where the main selling point of that game was if you had a PlayStation, you had one of those eye toys. Mm. You could take a picture of your face, you could put your face on them. But the level of detail they actually face got was very disappointing. So mm-hmm. remember the FIFA series tried it as well at mm-hmm. one point, but stop yeah. that now. I mean, with two case photo capturing system, it works kind of well. It's if it's like, I think it works best if it's like a professional like headshot that's taken. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just taking like a picture on your phone, it's it's still a bit pixelated and a bit jumpy, and it it doesn't quite pick it up. Because mm-hmm. like, I use my phone to take my picture of myself to see if it works. And to an extent, it kind of does, but the problem with it is I've just got a, a weird-shaped head, and it didn't get up <laughs> properly. <laughs> like, cause my, my eyes were all in one place, and mouth was a bit high up. And, yeah. How big was your forehead in it? <laughs> Start my bloody forehead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David's finisher was a flying head, but... Yeah. Daniel Bryan style. Oh, actually, um, my chosen finishers were actually... Um, uh, I used the, the Swanton Bomb. I quite like that move. Was there not a mode that you could uh, customise your finisher? Yeah, and I think, could, yeah. And I think that's a bit... Create a finisher, yeah. I think create a finisher just got a bit silly when you were doing, like, you know, triple flips off the top and, like, you, you know, you physically could not do that in, in real life. Yeah. But th- theoretically, it works. Realistically, it doesn't. You still have that feature on the... I am... They, I don't, I'm not sure. I think 2K17 did have it, right. but they really toned it down. David, see on your note about doing triple flips, maybe you should speak to Ricochet and see if he thinks that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Maybe if they include Ricochet in a future game. Uh, Dave's kind of like a version of Drew Gulick. No flips! No flips! I Even though I just said about a minute ago my chosen venture would be this wanton bomb. I'm going to quickly move away temporarily from the subject. We're talking about Drew Gulick. Watch the video of him doing the Enzo Amore. I saw that, that yeah. from Raw is actually hilarious. If you've got a minute, watch it. Funny as anything. Uh, so, Quacker, you were saying? Yeah. I think your creative superstar should just be Drew Gulak with David Hockney on it and say, <laughs> that's it, done, sorted. No, I don't with, with the PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> and I'll have maths and stats on the PowerPoint presentation. It'll be, no, Drew Gulak. That's you. You're making it time. It'll save if you uploading an image, it'll save if you going through all the sub-menus and everything. Just get Drew Gulak and you're sorted. I think you pretty much... Uh, solved my whole creator wrestler problems for life now so I appreciate that that's what I do <laughs> moving away from the type of creator wrestler type of thing in a minute the other mode we kind of touched upon at the start of the show there we talked about the kind of story modes mm. they've developed so much as well as the years have went on so, so much that you don't just get a standard story mode now I believe in the older games there wasn't really much of a goal no. in your you were just kind of you just throw in the matches you work your way towards Wrestlemania and you know there was no the, the story mode was just a very basic template, as basic as you can get. I mean, there's some, there's been some great examples of variations on the story mode and how it's actually went on. Nathan touched on one of them earlier on. We talked about 2K13 and the actual error mode mm. was probably one of the best selling points of that game. Mm. How you could go back and, and relive the attitude error. Yeah, relive yeah. that attitude error, which was, I think, felt so much more fresh as opposed to just a standard, yeah, going through the motions because you kind of. You kind of knew it was going to happen, and it yeah, was getting to that point. You also played as different superstars through the mode, as opposed to uh, 2K16 had the Austin Showcase mode, where you obviously played as like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Actually, the mode in 2K14's WrestleMania show- Showcase mode, where 
ability to play as multiple superstars would definitely hit. I think 2K4 did the the 2K14 also have the streak mode as well for the Undertaker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that was the big mode in that game. I like that. I like that version. That was cool though. Um, But you also had um, what was it? Yeah, like. You know, you mentioned attitude era stuff, but you also had a few like reality era stuff, like you had the whole CM Punk John Cena storyline as well incorporated. See, you're talking about actually the streak mode now. That was in 2K13. Should that have never made us think that the streak was going to end? Uh, Should have preloaded that one because the streak ended the WrestleMania after. Yeah, see, to be honest, no, I think it's just because it was coming up to like you know it was 30 years of WrestleMania and it became like, yeah. probably the most talked about thing on the WrestleMania card mm-hmm. besides the main event. Yeah, so we're gonna. I, I never expected in a million years that the the streak would have actually been broken. You know, <laughs> I was playing that game. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. There was a clip of me saying that you know when there was Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. I thought if anybody was to do it, I think it would be Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But I, I was jinxing myself big time because I I didn't believe it myself. I just I was just thinking out loud, thinking hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would actually happen. So going back obviously to the, the, the story modes there, uh, you had obviously like things like streak mode, I mean early, talk about early Smackdown games, mm-hmm. Smackdown vs Raw games, your season mode was kind of like, you started off the night after Wrestlemania, and you would go all the way to the full year, and the end game was essentially to win the title essentially at Wrestlemania, but it never, yeah. quite, it never quite worked out that way, I don't think for anybody, I mean I remember playing that game with my creator superstar, and I got quite lazy, and I just like to see all the the promo stuff that was going along so I kept simulating games and ended up losing all the time <laughs> yeah no it was um, I think Smackdown vs Raw was actually the first game where they introduced voiceovers into the scenes like before it was just like you know the characters were just mouthing words yeah, it was just like text basically yeah it was just like, text, exactly. text but yeah Smackdown vs Raw where they introduced uh, people doing voiceovers and that made it a bit more bit more fun to watch yeah because he obviously that's the first one as you said where um, the wrestlers started recording their own mm-hmm. talk and it actually made you feel a bit more realistic and you had knew what was going on as opposed to just kind of the set text going along the bottom you which could choose uh, in that game as well you could also choose which brand you wanted to represent mm-hmm. because it was uh, obviously the whole Smackdown versus Raw theme and if you chose I think if you chose either brand though the story arc or template was pretty much the same it was just different superstars recycled mm-hmm. You know, on the note of that actual game, the Smackdown vs Raw game, one of my favourite modes of that particular game, which has struggled in the future to actually replicate itself, was the general manager mode. Uh, did oh, that, that come out, did that come out in... Mode. I think that came out in 2006. That came out in that first Smackdown vs Raw, was when it first did came it? out. I remember it very fondly, because that was the year I, I got a PSP, and that came yeah. out on the PSP. That was the only game I kept playing that mode, and you just obviously... That I thought that was a fantastic mode, and they've, like I said, they've struggled to kind of replicate that. I sense. don't think it's been in a game since Smackdown vs Raw 2008. To be honest, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of GM mode. I, I loved that, I was a big fan. Nah, it, it felt almost like Football Manager as well, you know, you're given mm. a set budget, you're to buy superstars, I I purchase superstar contracts and, you know, essentially plan mm. out shows so, next month. Certainly, I think they've tried to like, so not reintroduce, but replace that with universe mode hmm. which yeah. I, I do I do enjoy but I think a GM mode would be a welcome return yeah. to I mean, to be honest I prefer universe mode to GM mode one of the reasons I really liked it because round about that time as well there was a spin-off type series which I don't know if any of you are familiar with about wrestling which was uh, the Extreme Warfare series it was essentially it was like a tech simulator hmm. made by a British programmer where you essentially ran a promotion it was the one I played all the time. It was Extreme Warfare Revenge. I think you can still kind of download. It's a very basic game. It's from years past, but they've up, they constantly update the database. I've seen a few videos of people like 
downloading different mods for like ECW 2001 and stuff. That's like pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's something I would enjoy. It's, 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 I'm sure it's still a free download, and that so you can you can download it. Play it. Uh, what was it called? Extreme Warfare Revenge. Mm-hmm. So you essentially you download it, and you essentially that with ECW here, and you, you essentially run the promotion. So you're not just the general manager. You're also you're essentially Vince McMahon. You're Vince McMahon. Yeah. But you could you could pick that. You could pick TNA. I mean, yeah. obviously, like I said, the database updates, so they can have ones constantly yeah. nowadays. I've not played it in a few years. So even like ECW one. one as well. I think no, you, you can't exactly be Vince McMahon unless all your superstars are big sweaty men, and then that's you sorted. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a basic game, the Extreme Warfare, but it's just so addictive the fact that you can kind of you can you're a, you're the booker, uh-huh. and you can pick who wins, and it actually tells you, you you see things after the match such as how over the crowd was, how good the match was, I mean, how yeah, that'd be quite clever. How well they interact, I mean, you even get things like you'll get emails in after Raw saying like if like Kane fought Goldberg or something like that, and Goldberg. Goldberg was too stiff. It would kick, you'd have Kane emailing you saying like, "Oh, Goldberg cut me last night. I don't want to fight Goldberg anymore." Hmm. And then you can kind of, so you can kind of see chemistry and that type of stuff. It is literally wrestling football manager. Can you imagine if you put that in a 2K game? Now, like you say, if that was part of 2K18, but I don't know. I think given everything they've put in it already, if it was in it, I would buy it. Is there enough space? Is there even enough space on like a, a CD or a game to physically put everything in there? The amazing thing about this game is it was programmed on Visual Basic. Right. So it looks the most basic thing in the world, but it's just like it hooks you. You can play it for days. For like, it's essentially Football Manager for right. yeah. Those programmers will certainly earn their paycheck if it's if it was legit as that. It's just the one guy. It's just, just one, one guy. Just one guy to program it. See if you play it and you see the graphics, you can understand it's a one guy operation. It's, yes. not got, it's not got the same sophistication as the current football manager games. If you're a fan of it, you can see, obviously you've got the 3D in-game stuff and new football managers. But with this one, it's just essentially click buttons. It's like see the way you program Visual Basic at uni, ah, not like an Excel or something. No, it was not an Excel. It's like in the actual Visual Basic software. Oh right, yeah. But it's just button clicking. It takes you into other pages. So. But it's extremely addictive if you've. I'd recommend giving it a download and just giving it a bash and see what it's like. It will kind of hook you. This guy needs a medal. <laughs> he needs a Nobel Prize in gaming. <laughs> Developed similar games in a different series. One called Total Extreme Wrestling, but it's never had the same hook as the original Extreme Wrestling Mo- Revenge. Was it the branding that led it to Revenge? I don't it? think it was the branding. I think it was just because it was a basic simulator. I don't yeah. think it was licensed either. I think ah, it was... So it was unofficial? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's why people created mods... They like had the official W roster, etc., which yeah, that's this one was kind of just like his hobby. This one, and then yeah. he eventually went commercial, and then that's when he launched the kind of spin-off Total Extreme Warfare's. Mm-hmm. Which, if you kind of if you play them, you can see the difference. So this is why this one's free because it's not; it's just a hobby. It was never released officially. So I'll tell you what, if it does, be, if it did become official, I think it'd have been a huge hit with hardcore fans. Still, oh, yeah, absolutely, it, yeah. It's a huge tip still with hardcore. A lot of people kind of know about it. If you mention the name, obviously, mm. used to have never played the game, but you're, yeah, you know, so, I never even heard of it until now. Seems to have the same like, cult following as Fire Pro Wrestling does. Mm-hmm. It's a similar, very similar matter. Ah, exactly. So that's the thing. So that's kind of that was kind of sim- that's kind of similar to the GM mode, but. Going back to the GM mode, I thought it was one of the best modes they've done. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because you, the thing that kind of annoys me sometimes with current WWE is if you do the things like going online, you play a lot of guys who play it quite a lot, and you feel like you're not really getting that fair mm-hmm. stick because you're, it's all based on your skill. The GM mode is a bit more, yeah, a bit more fought into type thing. You know, to be honest, I, I stand by my view on that. I wasn't a huge fan of the GM mode. I would much rather be in universe mode and just be the booker. You know, the one that books the matches and you know just either simulate them or just play play them mm-hmm. yeah I mean 
We'll move away kind of on the GM mode. We'll talk about kind of some similar story modes. Maybe not, actually, we'll move away a bit from the WWE. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're, 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 they're not the only ones who have kept up the games. Talking about the story mode, there was obviously TNA, mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling, Global Force Wrestling. We talked about this last week. Nobody knows exactly what they're called anymore. But there was TNA, obviously, at this point, and they released their, at the time, highly anticipated game nearly 10 years ago now the TNA Impact game. Yep. And they had a quite a unique story point that their story mode was based on the character suicide I don't know if you remember that the guy that um, was in the full body jumpsuit and had the skull on his face yeah yeah. Um, that, that was quite interesting purely for the fact that they kind of integrated that into the actual promotion so they can their, their marketing campaign was quite good on that as well as they kind of they kind of marketed it on like the the, web, the website like, who is suicide.com yeah that's quite clever screen. and they did that but that was quite interesting because they actually as opposed to you making the character or you getting given a, for an actual wrestler they made up this wrestler that you could kind of do as you please with from time to time and you just had to go with that kind of suicide look which and nobody knew who he really was you know it was just like that's why he wore the full jumpsuit not to give away any clues suicide was a couple of people it was Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian mm-hmm. uh, f- for those who are familiar with their work in Ring of Honor currently it's not TJ Perkins as well TJ Perkins was the final suicide he got right, revealed yeah. as it. he got revealed as him uh-huh. so I mean looking at the suicide he was manic as him as well that's so it yeah it kind of transitioned yeah, from there it was originally Christopher Daniels and then or Frankie Kazarian kind of switched between the two of them but that was kind of kind of like a unique story mode that way which was quite good I think it get, it was probably one of the more praised things in the, T, in the TNA gaming series I mean obviously it didn't last very long only lasted the three the three uh, sequels well it had three games overall. yeah there were three games uh, one was TNA Wrestling on iOS in 2009 mm-hmm. and then after that we had TNA Wrestling Impact which was 2011 but that was only on uh, iOS and Android mm-hmm. yeah. so, so I just came ahead there going back to WWE did anyone play WWE WrestleMania 19 on the GameCube no, I didn't have the GameCube so I didn't have a GameCube either so I wasn't the story mode for that was pretty mental well, what it involved? It was called Avenge Mode. Basically, you had been kicked out of the WWE, and then Stephanie McMahon uh, hires you to take down the WWE. But it was, it was basically it wasn't wrestling the like, other opponents in a ring. It was like you had to go to a construction site to like sabotage what WWE had planned there. So you had to fight construction workers, throw them off scaffolding and stuff. It was just weird, but it was hell, hell of fun. It reminds me of uh, your YouTube a later on and yeah. see how crazy it is. I think it, it just sounds a bit weird. It was weird, yeah. Why did they call it WrestleMania 19? Why did they just call it like um, I think it was right lockout right. or lockdown or something? I think it's just because of the time. Just, of, yeah, uh, pretty much, yeah. Time of kind of going on the back of those things. I mean, talking about these weird stories. Mm-hmm. One of the ones I remember, which was on the Game Boy, was WWF Betrayal. Okay. Which had a very, that, yeah. very int- weird story mode that kind of was based on the sto- a storyline in 1999 that you may remember with Undertaker in the limousine. Stephanie. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. So essentially, the the betrayal mode, the, the story mode for them they didn't have it was Stephanie Man gets kidnapped and Vince well, will give a title shot to anybody who can save her. So you have a choice, you're either Austin, The Rock, Triple H or Undertaker. So you have to go through a series of levels and fight people to essentially rescue Stephanie, which was something that was never really touched upon again, which kind of makes sense as this was the last game WWF ever did, or WWE sort of ever did on the Game Boy. Colour. I remember having that game, and it was quite. It was obviously weird because you weren't really fighting for a title. You were kind of fighting just. You were just. It was like it was like like playing Super Mario, saving the princess. It wasn't a conventional wrestling game. You were kind of just working to save someone, you know. 
Which was different, but Wait, what was the what was the game called? It was called WWF Betrayal. So yeah, it, it was kind of mixed reviews, but well, that was uh, Game Boy Color. Yeah, it was Game Boy in general. The last one, I believe, was uh, was Road to WrestleMania just afterwards. Yeah, I mean that's some of the story modes. I think. Is there any other ones we can uh, you remember off the top of our head? You know what? I actually really enjoyed. Um, I think we're we're going a bit more recent here, but we're going to WWE 12, and I remember we talked about this off air briefly as yeah. well. But I think one of my personal favorites was the United Kingdom storyline. Where you got, um, I think it was Wade Barrett, William Regal, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre all as this super stable. Mm-hmm. And they dubbed themselves United Kingdom because they were from different parts of the UK. Unfortunately, Sheamus is from Ireland, not quite technically part of the UK, but I see what they were trying to do. That'd be good in the more recent games. Obviously, you've now got this UK kind of invasion type thing. Well, yeah, say invasion, roughly in UK. Is do we have any? Is there any Welsh superstars on the roster? Mark Andrews. Mark yeah. Andrews technically is the only Welsh one I can yeah. think of. Yeah. See, I think what I don't get is is t- in WWE 12. I'm pretty sure Mason Ryan was in the game as well. So I'm thinking, why didn't they just put him in? Mason, there's, there's reasons for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, uh, but yeah, no, I like the fact you know that it was you played well. The arc was you played as Sheamus in the story mode. And you you just uh, you would win the world titles pair, and then you start bringing in uh, the other guys, and then at Survivor Series you go as this full team. It's Barrett, McIntyre, and Sheamus with Regal as their manager, and they just decimate everybody. And was that was that part of the road to WrestleMania? Road? It was, yeah. It was the yeah. villain story. I mean, one of the could, the interesting things about that road to WrestleMania mode in that particular season as well is one of the one of the free you said you could go free acts, and Dave has obviously talked about it. one of them. One of them was you went a character called Jacob. Mm. Who was voiced at uh, by Ben TNA wrestler Austin Aries? Yeah, right, yeah. That. that was quite. A, that was that was something. In fact, he was with TNA and he uh-huh. obviously had to deal with the. Was it two K at the yeah. time? So, yeah, was it, it was like HQ still. Sorry, actually. both the stories actually tied in with each other as well. The angle. So when she completed the villain story, it would jump you straight into the hero. The there wasn't the hero story because that was the cast story. Um, it would then jump you into the outsider story, which is. Uh, which was Triple H's angle. But <laughs> do I thought it was really silly though. I think it was a good angle with the villain story in the United Kingdom, but it ended really, really poorly. Because the main event of WrestleMania that that year was like a fatal four way false count anywhere elimination match for every championship in WWE. You know, so you'd be talking WWE title, World Heavyweight title, Intercontinental, European, and Tag Team Championships were all on the line, and Sheamus won every single one. <laughs> and I thought, this is just silly. But yeah, that's the thing. Story modes have obviously changed so much, and the, the, the good thing I think about them is the fact that they kind of they don't stick with the same thing. They've kind of went to other things and kind of changed it about. It keeps that a bit fresh as opposed to just something mm. that kind of sticks in the same way all the time, and you kind of get... I mean, a lot of the other type long-term gaming series have that type of criticism that they kind of stay in the same format and they don't really go off peak and that so that's kind of keeps things WWE keeps fresh you know well, a lot, I think a lot of the storylines were a bit silly uh, in sort of the, some, the Smackdown versus Raw series because you had Edge uh, being general manager with Maria Kanellis for a bit mm-hmm. then you had Undertaker literally getting supernatural powers and turning <laughs> Finlay and Santino into zombies yeah. which <laughs> is a bit ridiculous and I think there was also one about I think one that I liked, quite liked was the, the masked man invasion there was a guy in combats and black jersey and a black mask just kept interfering in every match, but he wasn't uh, a, like a assigned superstar. And the, the 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 good thing about it was 
was that it, it was like a different person every week and they came in like bunches so we, there was so many of them you couldn't tell who was the real one well, I just remember Smart Doing Games there was the Undertaker Curse you heard of that Undertaker Curse was that the, uh, the one where he got to the supernatural powers and turns into zombies no it, was, it wasn't a, a story of basically whoever feuded with the Undertaker in that game in that year's games storyline basically died in real life so they had Eddie Guerrero Feuding Undertaker and Smart Universe Raw 2006. Oh, Eddie, when he stole the urn. And he died. Oh, he died gosh. that year, 2005, sorry. And then the following year, he's feuding with Chris Benoit. Seriously? And then the following year, he's feuding with Chris That's quite an interesting answer. So, yeah. I never even picked up on that. Mm. That's that crazy. That is crazy. So, that's quite, that's, that's something I've never heard of. But we'll move away quickly from Storm before we take a, a, a short break. I mean, as, again, we'll continue. Obviously, we're not talking about the WWE because they've obviously got so many games compared to everybody else. They had that kind of evolution as the way years went on. They kind of had the Raw series, the SmackDown series, and they went to SmackDown versus Raw, and then eventually they're on to 2K. I mean, do you think that these they've got better as these have went on, or they've kind of well, we'll talk about it a bit more. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of talking about the series. Yeah, do, you mean, do you mean like in terms of gameplay or in terms of like what you can do? I mean, what you can do essentially. I mean, I thought we'll talk about the gameplay later on. In terms of what you can do, it's certainly definitely got better. Oh, de- I mean, yeah, I'd agree. I think all roundedness. You know, when you consider everything that get, that's improved over the years, whether it be you know graphics, gameplay, story mode, whatever, it has yeah. it has gotten better. Yeah, the level of customization nowadays is just insane. And it's the roster size yeah. as well. That's another thing. It's 180. We've got about 200 in the Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I know. And there's still DLC to come as well. Oh, interesting. DLC. That's something... That We'll talk quickly about DLC. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's made a big impact on the game. You yeah, know what? Yeah, I think yeah. I think DLC's good. Mm-hmm. Primarily because, you know, you get... WWE's obviously ever-changing. They're obviously, they bring in new stars almost at a moment's notice. And they just sort of just missed the deadline for making the renders mm-hmm. of the game. I mean, some people don't like DLC because the fact... They kind of think that if... You, uh, that's maybe about asking for money, you know. Type if you want to download the content, you have to pay to get these extra rest. Like a few quid, though. I mean, it's for, for how much you're getting. I think arguably you do get your money's worth. Because but you know, maybe you could say like it could be an in-game achievement. Like say if you do, if you complete this number of challenges, you get given a, a special code. I mean, arguably, we can talk about that if you we'll go back to kind of football manager type of thing. Football manager just they just send a, an update, and then you mm-hmm. get this, you get the you guys and the update. Or like, a, why, uh, why can't the games do that? I mean, because you can't make money. Can't be money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so at the end of the day, they're still a business. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's kind of like I do. I do understand the grievances, though. Yeah, essentially, paying for stuff that's already on the desk. But like I say, it's money. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think that's a good time to kind of to take our to take our usual midweek mid midweek. Sorry, <laughs> mid mid midweek. Well, we are on live, so that's advantage of it. Uh, we do have a list listener. So um, first, uh, Chris Murray. Yeah, best in the world. If you're listening, talk to us about your gaming experiences, what games you've liked, what games you're not like. We're going to talk about you on. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a bit more in the second half. We're going to talk about favourite games, first games. We're also going to talk about how graphics versus gameplays became quite a debate and the integration of smartphones. But while we do that, we're going to play a wee clip based on something that has became really popular on social media and online based on gaming. It's the popular Up, Up, Down, Down series. Yes. With uh, Xavier Woods. And who's a new day. Who have made that great. And last year around about WrestleMania time, they wanted to play 2K16. But they weren't going to play in a conventional way. may not be able to watch it, but we can hear what's happening. This is 2K16 played on the giant screen. <laughs> Woo! 
going to. Snapping. Okay, you ready? For what? I got us in the stadium, and I got us controllers. Bingo, bango. What? Because we got this big ass screen to play 2K16. Oh, sick! Yeah! Right. What are you doing? Nothing. We're doing nothing. No. You guys are playing games. I'm gonna play. Let me play. Let me play. Let me play this. No girls allowed. Get out of here. Get out of here, idiot. Get out. You know what? Get out. We're the brothers, Regal. You don't even have a partner. Yeah, you don't even have a partner. I have a partner. No, you don't. I have a partner. Okay, I, I'm happy to see you, but it's a surprise. Are you okay though? Yep. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready to play. All right, you play. All right, you know what? Really fine. You're in. Yes. Thank you. Everybody get a controller. Yeah. Yours is somewhere. Magic of editing. It's in your hand. Slam. You know what? If you guys want to take us on. This is our game. We're the undefeated tag team champions, bro. <laughs> no, I've seen the show before. No brothers Regal allowed. So you guys are both good up. Xavier, you and I go way back. We're together, buddy. Me and you. Split up the teams? You I, love, I love it. You barely have known him. Well, you know what? You're going down. Hey, uh, anybody want to guess I'm who I'm going to be? Crowsting. And I'll go. With America. Where is he? Ooh. Jake? Jake the Snake. You Brock? Yeah. Why are you Brock? You're Finish. 
WrestleMania weekend, big screen battle. It's been nasty, it's been fun, it's been awesome. The gamer's dream comes true to play on this enormous screen that you see in front of us. Ugh. But that's it for our book down down. Make sure you follow your boy Austin Creed on Twitter and Instagram at TamiWitchPhD. Follow Prince Pretty on Twitter at SpoonGorgeousPMs. Follow Pogo on Twitter at Follow the Prince of Phenomenal on Twitter at AJStylesORG. Like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. But no matter the circumstances, especially when you're at WrestleMania, make sure that you always and forever keep it tight. And we're back from our short break. This yeah. is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm David Hockney. And I'm Nathan Fisher. And we are talking wrestling games. We just had that short clip. Well, clip is, um, you can't really see what was happening, but you can hear the commentary of it. Um, that was Xavier Woods, Tyler Breeze, Bailey, and the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, playing WWE 2K16 on the big screen before WrestleMania last year. 32, yeah. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'd rather forget that. But how much would you love to play WrestleMania on a big or a WWE game or any game on a big screen like that? But I'd be indifferent to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think that'd be amazing. I love, yeah. uh, just to suck the whole size. Thing. As I was listening to that as well, I listened right to the end until like, Xavier said, "Keep it tight." <laughs> Why did he have to say that? That was before all that happened. That was, yeah. How was he to know? Uh, while that clip was showing, um, we were talking about um, the commentary on the games and just how terrible it is, actually is. Yeah, they did introduce commentary on the games until, again, the SmackDown vs. Raw series. That's, it kind of, everything sort of changed up around, sort of by that point. You know, that's when they had the, uh, the announcers actually introducing the competitors. Commentary was in there and, you know, they had, um, voiceovers backstage as well for the story modes etc mm-hmm. yeah so but yeah obviously the thing about commentary is it's, it can be quite bad at times but yeah, it's, it, it, does, it, it does what it does anyway the first that first half of the show there we've talked about how the evolution of the modes have came how different touched upon how different promotions have done gaming etc in terms of actually we've really talked about TNA let's kind of talk about some of the, the other gaming se- uh, series that we've had, um, TNA was one of them, there was also ECW. Yep, ECW had a couple, uh, I've just got my list here, yep, uh, they only had uh, two games, one uh, both on PlayStation actually and Dreamcast, but the first one that came out was ECW Hardcore Revolution, and that was on N64, PlayStation, Game Boy Color and Dreamcast. I actually played that game. At the time it was really good because it was ECW and yeah. it was like a hardcore, hardcore type thing you didn't really get anywhere else. Yeah, the second one they had I think came out in the same year but it was only for PlayStation and Dreamcast was ECW Anarchy Rules. And that was the point 
right before the WWE bought them and they went out of business. Yeah. So there was that. There was that. We've, we've talked as well. There's been WCW games. Mm. Um, WCW had lots of games. We kind of men- we've mentioned them in time. First one was 1989. Yeah. WCW wrestling on the NES. Yep. Right through to one of the probably what some people class as a really good game was the WCW NWO Revenge. Mm. It's my favourite on the N64. Yeah, I didn't have an N64, so I didn't really get a chance to play. I didn't experience the, the, glo- the glory of it. The, as Bobby replays in the background. I don't have an N64. I don't have an N64. You, you didn't enter the board again, Yes. Yeah. You missed out on child. Um, so so it was missed out. I got a PlayStation and then loads of the good games came out in N64 and I was like, it's a bit raging. I, I, I wasn't a big game of it. No, I've, I've, always, I've always been PlayStation. I don't think I've ever played anything else except maybe Game Boy. Have you got an N64 now? I'll launch about one. <laughs> as long as you get Pokemon Stadium with it as well, that's the best game ever. I used to play that in Burger King in the UK. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think um, that was the best part of going there. I think the Argyle Arcade had, uh, had it as well. That's why I was always looking forward to going there, because it had um, an N64 and people were playing Pokemon Stadium all the time. Yeah, but they had a few, they had a few in that in that series as well. Um, we'll touch upon them in a wee bit when we kind of... T- I'll talk about, about some of the games, some of the ones that were good, some of the ones that weren't good. Before we do that, I thought we would briefly talk about, we mentioned earlier on how the gaming series is developed and can do so much more in the games. We'll talk about that current debate of graphics versus content. A lot of criticism that WWE games nowadays focus too much on graphics and not enough on in-play. Your thoughts? I'm going to, I'm going to put it straight out there. Okay. Um, to be honest, I think... I disagree. I don't think the good graphics is invertly proportionate with gameplay. I think whilst graphics has improved dramatically, I think maybe people were expecting a similar improvement with gameplay, but I think because it was very gameplay was very similar to a lot of previous games, that's kind of what was a bit of a letdown. But at the same time, they always introduce like little nuances every year, which makes the gameplay at least a little bit different from the year before. Like take um I'll use the most recent one for example, 2K18. Like the graphics again better than ever before, like which I'm really impressed by. Um but one of the things they introduced last year was uh, like in the 2K17 ladder match simulation. Like before you would just like press the right analog stick in and you would just hold on to whatever was hanging and you would just let the bar drain. But for this, uh, from 2K17 onwards, you do this wee little mini game where you have to press it into the into the slot and you have to get, a, a, get it a certain number of times before you unhook it. Mm-hmm. And, but compare that to even earlier in the series, um, like you talk maybe Smackdown Here Comes the Pain or Smackdown vs. Raw like the first game perhaps like when you're climbing a ladder you just shot straight up there was no sort of realism when climbing the ladders at all you would just shoot straight up you would grab the title you would literally hang from it not like you know you just stand on the ladder and hold it Yeah. and when you held on for it long enough you just dropped to the floor with it hmm. I think the that sort of improvement in the ladder match gameplay has been a huge improvement in terms of discussing gameplay I wouldn't say it's gotten worse I just think it's come down to where I prefer arcade or simulation I mean I've not played last game I played was 2K16 I wasn't a fan of that I've not played 2K17 I'm not going to buy 2K18 I don't think I preferred the games when a lot like faster less realistic but fun yeah, well, just on the subject of gameplay, like 2K18's big noticeable gameplay addition this year was the, the introduction of the carrying system, 
So you could carry superstars in a certain grapple position and you would take them to certain spots in the ring or around the ring and you would do a certain move like you could powerbomb people onto apron, the ring apron, onto the stairs, onto the announce table or you could just do a standard grapple move like a powerbomb or a power slam. See the thing a lot of people saying is, is they put so much detail into getting the wrestlers looking so much like themselves but they just for the 2K series especially, they forget about all the wee glitches that tend to come up and it's things like uh, when people, when the ladder's been knocked down, they're still hanging in the air type thing, because these glitches that just annoy people so much because obviously they'd love having all that, all that graphics but they just want to have, I think they got as good as graphics as they could get when they did the maybe 2K15 or 2K14 at a push. I think the 2K14 they still had the, you know, I think, I think graphics in the latest one are probably the best of all, but yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, 2K14, that was the first time, the first game that they did once they took it off THQ. Yeah. And the, gra- the graphics had not- noticeably changed, but the, the sort of general setup and simulation style was pretty much the same, and then 2K15 changed it again. I think that's what you do with 2K as a studio itself, a studio that specialises in sports games. They were still finding the their feet with uh, the wrestling games, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's perhaps led to the simulation style, the fact that it ties in with the other sports games that they mm-hmm. produce. Yeah, and it doesn't quite have the same effect but yeah. to, to, to wrestling fans when they play the games. Some, some of them don't mind it, you know, if you like it, fair enough. I'm not gonna yeah, get that's what I said, it all comes down to if they arcade or simulation style. Yeah, um, and I think in sort of like uh, WWE, I think it was SmackDown vs Raw 2011, I think it was the first game where you could change the colour of attires as well. And, but it was from 2K15 onwards that you could physically change the outfits. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's what I really like. That's like, it's even just little things like that, you know, you can be thankful for. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to complain about, like, you know, obviously every game's going to have its glitches, no matter how unintentional they make it. But I think, you know, when you get... Some of the glitches, I think, actually add to the game. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, just to do a wee plug to another YouTube channel there, because obviously we've been playing from 8-Bit Universe with the themes in the background. One game, like, you get a lot of YouTubers play these games as well, mm. to sort of... Yeah. Uh, obviously helps them generate views, but it also it's a great source of entertainment. Like one series I've been watching in particular is Gordon Perkins. There are, there are a couple of guys from uh, from Leeds, I believe, or somewhere in England, and they've been playing the whole WWE game series. The guys do the draft. They do the draft. Yeah, they have Royals uh, Gore and Powdown, <laughs> and yeah, some of the stuff they make them do is is it's fantastic. I mean, I don't see why they're not on WWE's creative team with some of the stuff they come up with. Guys, before we go on to anything else, I'm going to quickly move on to something we've not had before on Eat Sleep Suplex We Tweet. We've got audience participation. Do we actually? Yes, we've got... Uh, no, not a phone call or anything. No, uh, Save that, that to Mr. Raji over here. <laughs> uh, we've got Mr. Chris Money who we said was listening in. His, gaming, his opinion on his gaming experiences. Right. I thought we'd talk about it because you've got a question about taskers on, on the panel here. Right. He said, I had a PS1, PS2, GameCube before I gave up on playing game consoles. I had both Legends of Wrestling games, both were pretty average or sucked. He had the ECW game, Hardcore Revolution, he had WWF Warzone, Attitude, Smackdown 1 and 2, well, pretty much all the Smackdown scenes in the first Smackdown vs Raw. His thoughts were, his favourite was Smackdown, or just bring it or shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. Loved the story mode even though they didn't really go anywhere, he loved the angle where the big show turned in the NWO which felt quite realistic to, to TV. And the favourite thing to do in games was to try and set up big table spots with ladders and do dives. Yes. Yeah. As he has asked us as a panel, 
What is our guys' thoughts on the old Smackdown games, which a lot of people remember fondly? Those, uh, I'm glad Chris actually brought that up because the first game ever played, and it was my favourite probably at the time, was Smackdown Here Comes the Pain with Brock Lesnar on the cover. Because the amount of stuff you could do on there was unreal. I mean, I remember fondly the Smackdown games because they were the ones I, you always, I always bought them at Christmas. You would buy them when you was on the PlayStation, obviously the modes were quite basic, but you felt kind of it. Yeah. Felt like they were, at the time, they were just getting good. I mean, I always remember when you were just to kind of, you would simulate a set match, and this was in 2000, this was the point where Undertaker was in the ministry, mm-hmm. and you were kind of going through the, 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 the entrance music, and you kept saying, seem like, you seemed like, oh, that's a funny, that's a cool entrance, that's a cool entrance, and then just come up Undertaker's one, and was, the start of it was when he had, when he did the eyes into the screen, and you were just kind of, it just popped up, and just like, jeez, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a fun memory in my head, I just how that stuck out, but... No, Smackdown games were great. Didn't have a PS1 or a PS2, so I missed out on a lot of the Smackdown games. I did play Smackdown 2 on Android, uh, just a, a PS1 ROM, and didn't like it, to be honest. You see, but here comes the pain, you could actually drive a forklift. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about here comes the pain, certainly, yeah. The backstage balls and stuff, the things you could do with environmental grapples was fantastic. Like, you could, you could drive a forklift, you could uh, push people on trolleys, you could even go to Times Square and jump off the WWE restaurant. You can even do car yeah. spots as well. I'm not sure. Quacker. What's that? Uh, environmental stuff in 2018. Oh, no, yeah, you can do that. You can climb up a production <laughs> truck in one of them, I believe. <laughs> and you've also got like um, the ambulance stimulation yeah. parking lot brawls. Yeah, they're all there. I mean, it's 2018 good, Quacker. At the start, I found that a wee bit boring, I'm not going to lie. Um, I've just won the money in the bag, so I'm yes. kind of, <laughs> although uh, in the story mode is uh, the way, which, which I found quite weird in the story mode, um, started off as Samoa Joe as a Universal Champion, right. which is quite weird. Well, it's not, it's not out of the ordinary, but he's never won it. Yeah, it's not. It's well, in the old games like SmackDown Raw 2010, you had Mr. Kennedy as WWE champion. Uh, but every other champion was like a champion at the time, besides Dean Ambrose, which would have been the Miz now. But the fact that it was Samoa Joe, well, he was the the default champion. Default champion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's quite. That's quite strange. Mm. Well, why did you use Brock Lesnar as champion? I don't get it. I don't say it. I'm not Mr. 2K. <laughs> 2K, ever with yourselves? Uh, like, that's weird. I think Brock didn't show up, uh, because he's on that part-time schedule, he didn't show up for the film and the film, you're something. Well, <laughs> he shows up in the locker room all the time. Like, you're, you're a guy, you run around, there's no, like, menus, you run around, you've got to talk to people to get through things. And Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, you do see, I mean, the weird thing though, you do see Brock in a car park on his phone. Why would you ever see Brock Lesnar doing that? Let's be honest. And he smells when you talk to him, like he's going to do that. But, but actually, that's another story. Actually, quite cool. I'm actually glad you brought up because I've just remembered as well on SmackDown Raw 2006. Yeah. Uh, that was a game that featured the the infamous Muhammad Hassan and Davari, and in that game they were set as default SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and yet they made, neither of them won titles when they were with WWE. And I think that's pretty bad. Why not go the whole hog and make uh, Sasha Banks a WWE champion then or something? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> why, why not? Just you say, you say Sasha can't be WWE champion? 
that's is that going to happen? That's a complete well debate. I'm going to throw out a window for now. Is that all going to? Do you think that's going to happen? And you never know. I mean, China's won the Intercontinental Championship. Again, from what we've heard, mixed reviews in WWE 2K18. Quacko kind of summarised that quite well. Uh, so, we kind of t- Nathan, you talked about how you played SmackDown on the Android. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, thanks Chris for your, co- for your comments. Very pleased to hear about that. I hope I answered your questions. Uh, the smartphone integration has obviously changed a lot of things because smartphone, you can obviously get games on the smartphone now. The best example I thought I liked to bring up was the WWE Supercard game. Mm. I don't know, Dan, you play the Supercard game? I've seen adverts for yeah. it. Um, same with WWE Champions, but you know, I never really knew how it worked. <laughs> the was, it like, was it just a trading card game on the phone? You, you kind of fought other people. I, kind so of, I, thought, I thought it was like Top Trumps. Yeah, that's what I got the impression of. It was kind of like that type of Top Trumps game. But they put, I, I think they put a lot of effort into that game. They put more effort into that game than, than, than what's the What's the goal of it though? I mean, what are you supposed to achieve from it? Just try, how do you win? I don't really know how you actually win. I'm not really sure. I mean, is it just like football manager where you just try and get team of the season packs all the time and just form the best team possible? No, it's not. It's, and you just try and build up as good a... Because you've, you've got so many cards and you have like a five-man team and you fight other people and you, you have three matches and you, you've got two tag matches and a, no, one tag match and two singles, I'm sure. Oh, so, you've got, so it's like building a Survivor Series team, kind of. Yeah, essentially, yeah. It's kind of like that one. So you can't best of series like type one. You have to kind of win. That's what I'm actually quite disappointed in about the games lately, and they've only introduced it this year, is um, they never went beyond six people in one match through the games until this year when they've introduced eight-person tag team matches. Mm-hmm. And I think now you can actually do proper Survivor Series elimination matches, because I remember back in the day they used to just have four people on a team, but now they've got five. But you can work with four, four aside, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Uh, that, that's what I really like, you know, the, again, little things like that, it means you can do eight-person matches, you can do, um, you can have more interactive uh, ladder gameplay, etc. You know, it's, again, little things like that is what makes the, the improvements uh, over time well worth it. Mm-hmm, definitely. So yeah, smartphones have obviously made a difference in that type of thing. Now, before I go on to the point that everybody wants to, wants to tear and talk about, which is favourite games, first games, etc, etc. I think it's a good time to go across to Mr. Hawking over there, mm-hmm. where he will give us his stat of the week. <laughs> Wait, I'll put me on the spot here. Yep, so uh, the stat of the week is, um, it's actually, a, it's a fraction kind of, or a number as it were. So, the fact, the, uh, the stat of the week is, is called 43 out of 44. And I thought this would be this is quite an interesting one because um, in Acclaim's WWF Attitude, there were 44 wrestlers on the roster, but you can only make 43 of them bleed. You know, that in-game system, if you hit them hard enough in the head, they, it causes bleeding effect. Well, fun fact, they only made 43 of the wrestlers out of 44 bleed because it was the time where Owen Hart... Uh, had sadly died just before the game was released and while it was too late to take him out of the game it wasn't too late for the the development studio at the time which is called Iguana West uh, to make a few last minute changes so in addition they added like uh, an in, an, uh, in memory of screen form when the game starts but they also took out the, um, the ability to make him bleed so yeah even though there was like um, you could um, make female superstars um, do that as well you couldn't do it with Owen Hart. So, because 
again, it was out of respect for him, so he didn't um, like have family shows him and stuff. That's an interesting stat, Dave. Actually, that's better than the, the one you did two weeks ago. Yep. And so also didn't do one last week. Uh, we'll, yeah, we need to be, keep it consistent with this. There you have it, folks. That's Dave's start of the week. I love that he didn't actually have his headphones on through any of that, and he didn't actually know we were playing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's quite a nice gesture as well, considering like you know you c you can't like take people out or add people in to games, but you can again make the little changes. Yeah, well, that's a good that, that is a good start. Obviously, it's quite interesting that they actually do that. I mean, you think though if they would stop and bleeding, they would take them out of the game completely, you know? Mm. And it's because I think. Or was it how he died? He came from the... It was In Your House 97? 98? 99, yeah. Over the edge. Yeah, over the edge. And he came down from the rafters on a harness dressed as his alter ego, the Blue Blazer. Yeah. Harness... Was it... Harness snapped, he hit his head off the turnbuckle, and then it was like, died from impact. Hmm. But yeah, I think that's... Because that's the only way you can make them bleed in games was to hit, hit them in the head. So I think that gesture for when Hart in the in that game was, was probably the best thing we could have done. Right, so we've talked about the evolution, we've talked about the modes, we've talked about graphics, and we've talked about smartphones. Now is the point that we all want to hear. Let's talk about our experiences and how we thought about the games. First of all, we're going to open it up. We've all played games for a long time, we've already talked about it. What was your first game? Why did you like it? Nathan, you talked about yours, so I'm stuck with you. First game I played... Uh, was WCW versus NW World Tour in 1964 and 1997. My favourite was a sequel to that, WCW NW Revenge. People often argue what's better between the Mercy and WCW Revenge. By the time I started playing Revenge, I was watching a lot of WCW. And <clears throat> the gameplay is very similar. I liked how in WCW Revenge they actually added a lot of Japanese wrestlers to the game. Uh, a, but they didn't have, didn't have their actual uh, licensed names, so you'd have, uh, there was a ninja called Hanzo Mon, who had Hayabusa's new set, who I don't know who he was at the time, but best new set ever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, obviously, the usual suspects, Goldberg, Kogan, Sting, I was a big Sting fan at the time, which is probably the reasons why it's my favourite as well. Was it not the thing, obviously, that was a THQ game, that yeah. was, was that not the reason that got WWE to bring THQ in, to start with? Because of how good that game was. Yeah, WDF at the time, so I bought the rights to TH, uh, bought the rights to THQ games, and that's where you got the rest of me in 2000, No Mercy, etc. WCW ended up with EA, I think. Yeah, I think so. It didn't really last very much long no. after that, to be fair, so as a kind of first game type thing, but and so, you were talking about kind of debate between that and No Mercy, and before we finish up after we talk about this, we'll kind of go through best and worst, and we'll kind of see how that goes with that one, but David. Yeah. Move across to yourself, first game, favourite game? First game I played was Smackdown Here Comes the Pain, and I used to play it with my cousin all the time. Uh, like, Especially we'd just do the backstage brawls, essentially, see how creative and maniacal we could get uh, with the, the gameplay. But yeah, um, I think that was quite good, although I feel it was a bit almost too quick. Like The gameplay was so rushy, it didn't feel natural. In a, in a sense, and I think, you know, for some aspects of it, I think there was just some stuff you could just do only in a game, and you, that you, 
that if you replicate it in real life, you'd probably end up killing somebody. <laughs> like, you know, jumping off, jumping off the top of the, the restaurant in Times Square onto incoming traffic. I mean, that was, that's just crazy. Uh, but I did get, last year I did get WWE 2K17, because uh, I missed out quite a, a big chunk of the game series from between, like, because um, the last one I played was WWE 13. And I skipped like 14, 15, and 16 because I, I just kind of lost interest in it. And I wanted it to be a big improvement, and that's where 2K17 come in because I saw the the improved ladder gameplay, the the better graphics, and the the extended roster as well was even better. Mm-hmm. So I think for in terms of development and uh, and general sort of gameplay and with graphics etc, I, I quite liked 2K17, but I think I was the only one playing it at the time that I, I was aware of. So I kind of lost interest in it after a few months. But I think in terms of what you could do, I'd probably say that was my favourite. But if we're going for a nostalgia effect, probably Smackdown Here Comes the Pain was my favourite. Awesome. Uh, I guess it's my turn now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, wandering about a bit. That's a shock of my first game, it was kind of tight between WWF Attitude, but my first game was actually WCW Mayhem, which we talked about and is not very well revered amongst the lovers of wrestling games. I, my fondest memory of that game was you would do the movesets weren't very generic, you kind of had the same ones. My favorite, It just sticks in my head is when you do the moves, don't use your body, just keep just going on commentary. He's using the same moves over and over again. Why Why can't he win with an original moveset? <laughs> Even they knew it was bad, but you just kind of liked it because you got a, there was a, the roster was decent on it. You had you could actually go, between, you could actually it had the roster divided up, so you could kind of pick like if you like cruiserweights, you could see all the yeah, cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was that was really cool and that type of thing. So I, that, as a as a kid, it was good. Obviously, if I played it now, I'd probably realise just how bad it was. But it was easy as a kid. You, kind of, that, you didn't mind that too much. Uh, a favourite game? I would say it was Here Comes the Pain. Genius game. Yeah, absolutely amazing. What did you like about it? Like, you know, because obviously I've had my say it, but what would you like? At the time, I really liked the story mode. Even though, as I said earlier on, I always get beat because I kept simulating it. I mean, there was at one point, I was, I was in the Survivor Series and I was down and Vince, Vince was over the top and he goes, yes, I win. But I just really, I, could, I thought it was really, just the gameplay, the story, just everything about it, it just felt quite, it was at a point where wrestling, it was, the ruthless aggression was really at its high. And I think, I just found the story mode a bit generic, but it was, I get, for what we got, I suppose it was alright. It was generic, but it was, it was good. It was just a brilliant game. It's hard to put the words. Every time they announce the new WWE game, fans always clamour for a Here Comes a Pain style story mode. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to how good it was. Yeah, it was just like, it was, it was a smart series mode. The creator character was good in that year. Uh, was it? I don't know, it seemed a bit pixely. It was pixelated because it was back in that time, but mm-hmm. it was 2003, come on, you didn't have that style of graphic engine that you've got nowadays, so... Uh, but you could be as creative with like, entrances and uh, outfits as you wear back, uh, as you can be today. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought was a big drawing factor of it, you could be, you know, as... You could be down to the wire when it comes to creativity nowadays, but back then it was it was bare bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I just thought it was good. There's, the roster was pretty decent as well. It was after the invasion. You had quite a stacked roster at that point in time. So you had um, you had the um, 
even had some backstage uh, management as playable characters. You know, you could play as Bischoff, you could play as Vince McMahon, you could even play as like uh, Stephanie as well. Mm-hmm. It was the last game to also feature Undertaker as a biker mm. until, until, until they made us a downloadable character. Oh, he had a, I think he had an alternate um, attire in that game as well, or he, an alternate mode mm-hmm. where he had Undertaker as American Badass, but he also had like a Ministry Taker. Yeah, it was the first game to use Legends, I think. I think it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Man Taker was you, had, uh, you had Roddy Piper in that, you had Georgie Animal Steel, you had uh, Hillbilly Jim. I remember Georgie Animal Steel in that, that was the first time I'd actually heard him, never heard him at that point in mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you've so much of a actually, was. You know what I thought was really... I think that's another thing I brought up, the, the stable feature, create a team. You see, from here comes the pain, for... Like a th- if it was a three-person stable or more, like Evolution, you'd have to you'd have to create each individual combination of two or three people as a separate space. So with Evolution, you had to have Triple H and Ric Flair as one. You had to have Triple H and Batista as one. Batista and Randy Orton. It was uh, it was that was that was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, that's my that's my favourite ones. Um, we'll bring the EP in at this point in time. Quick, your first game, favourite game. Uh, first game in '64, No Mercy. Well, we'll talk about No Mercy in a bit, and that's going to come in the final part of our debate when we talk about games. Uh, favourite game? That's a hard one. You see, see the way you guys are talking, here comes the pain. I've got a confession, I've never actually played that game. I had a PlayStation, but I never bought that game. Was that PS2 you had? Ah, uh, PS1. Yeah, it, it was on the PS2. Yeah, that's why. Right. Here comes the pain. Only PS2. I played it briefly. I didn't have a PS2. Either. I've had a PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4. I've had all of them. You had all the PlayStation. I've had all of them. Yeah, and I, I never bought that. So maybe that's my homework for today. Yeah, yeah. Here comes the pain. I'm sure you can get it for like two quid in, on eBay or something. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a bash. Eh? Why not? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our thoughts. Let's talk about how the gen- how the general public feel about games. Worst games, bad games. We've went through a lot of them. Now let's start going into the nitty gritty. What was good? What was bad? Let's talk about some bad ones mm. before we go into the real hardcore cult classics. Uh, a lot of people class the bad games. We talked about WrestleMania 2000 earlier on. A lot of people say that's one of the what, the bad ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the thoughts on that one. The, uh, I, WrestleMania 2000 wasn't the bad ones, is it? A lot of people class that as one of the worst games. <laughs> Do you know what I really didn't like though? What was that? WWE All Stars. Was that the one with the review? Like, they were like, yeah. yeah, it looked like they were all puffy, puffed up like balloon animals. The roster was about 20 people, and it was mostly, sorry, I'm, WWE 2000s, the, I'm, my list is wrong, one of the best ones. I was going to say, yes. Yeah. Legends of Wrestling. Yeah, that's better, yeah. I was doing so well, and I just read, misread my notes. Yeah. No, I hated, I hated WWE All-Stars, because it was mostly just about legends anyway, and you had about 20, Maybe about 15 legends and about 15 main roster guys at the time. And it was just so, so normal. You know, there wasn't really stories behind it. It was just, you know, they really over-exaggerate how they did the moves. Like, with the rock bottom, you did like a, a front flip or a back flip with it. And it was all just flash, flashy and bright lights and colours. And, you know, there wasn't really any substance to it. I didn't like it. We talked about uh, WCW Mayhem. It's one of the worst ones because of the fact, as I mentioned when I mentioned one of my first games, it was that repetitive nature of the same move all the time. Nobody, mm. nobody had a real moveset. I mean, we talked earlier on the show how you made a wrestler and you picked a moveset, but the fact that everybody had the same moves, bar maybe a couple of moves, like Goldberg and the Jack Hammer. Yeah, finish it. Yeah, 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 ye
safer fast as I was at, yeah. Yeah, so it just never did doing gems. It was gems everywhere. It was like Brooklyn. It was like a Brooklyn Lesnar party. It was Suplex City. Yeah, it was Suplex City in 99. Before Suplex City, it was Suplex City. Yeah. It was well, when did, wait, when did Kurt Angle join the WWE? Was it 99? Yeah, it was just after that. That game came out just before Angle joined the. Hey, he's the he's the pioneer of Suplex City because he was German crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a game. That's <laughs> but yeah, that, that didn't sound right when I said it. We got the Jason Jordan one wrong. Jason, no, it's Brock, not Jason Jordan's son. <laughs> Anyway, there's a wrestling game, there's actually a wrestling game, we've not really talked about it, not really very class as a wrestling game, but I seen it doing my research last night and I thought, God, that was terrible. Simpsons wrestling. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Why did you Jesus. bring that up? Because we're talking about bad games. Is it, is it bad to say that I actually own that game and I haven't played it? <laughs> I think I had that game as well. It felt more like Mortal Kombat than anything else. It wasn't even grappling, it was just you just hit them. Yeah, it was but you had punches, kicks, but you had also like weapons and super moves and that was it. Oh that was uh This was the point of that horrible. This was the point it was that it's peak lessons at its peak, it was like two thousand and one WrestleMania seventeen was about to come out. Ever Attitude there, I just pretty much finished, and then they, they obviously thought we're going to take advantage of this and we'll bring out this game. I mean, the roster, they obviously, the, let's, let's look at the roster here. We talked about great rosters in the time. We had, uh, we had, we had Ho- if you're not a Simpsons fan, we understand you don't get it. If you die, you'll know them. Uh, we've got Homer, Bart, Lisa, Marge, with Maggie, Ma- with, with Maggie. Yeah. Maggie was a weapon. Maggie was, yeah, Marge, Maggie was Marge's super move. Uh, Maggie was like, slow them down or something. There was Barney. Barney, yeah. Crusty the Clown. Apu. Apu, yes. He has great stamina and speed. Groundskeeper, will he? Who took a rake with him in the ring. He did take a rake. So he would have just been disqualified yep. under normal rules. Your unlockable characters with a bumblebee man. Yeah. Classic. Mo the Barman. Mo. Ned Flanders. And Professor Frank. Mr. Burns as well. Well, technically, you couldn't select Mr. Burns from the character selection. You had to sort of play him if you were player two in Burns' arena. And we had the Jim Ross of virtual commentators, Kent Brockman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, you're forgetting one character, actually. You could play as uh, Kang or Kodos, the aliens, as well, if you played in the space arena. I'll remember this because I've got it up on the screen. Davis has remembered this off the top of his head. <laughs> it was so, yeah, it was just so basic. It was ridiculous. Like, the only way I could even make it slightly more interesting was if they activated cheat codes to give them all like massive heads or um, make the commentators um, speed up commentary. But uh, one thing I will say is Kent Brockman's commentary made up for it a bit. Like and like Stephen said, it, he was the the Jim Ross of the game. If you speak about the technical fault, I don't know what happened, but we're all right back up now. Good. You, you, you still hear us? Yeah, we're good. All right, I don't know what happened. Would you say the commentary in the Simpsons wrestling game is better than the commentary now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, honestly, um, if we can sort of um, go back to the commentary on games, it's standard what the hardcore wrestling fans hate about WWE's commentary. They just talk about stories and yeah. wrestlers' backgrounds rather than what's going on in the ring and what moves they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I prefer people prefer like Mauro or, or Jim Ross or even Nigel McGuinness as well. That's... I mean... Before we go into the good games, we talked, I talked about it briefly earlier on, it was kind of the point you knew WCW was going down and they brought out WCW Backstage Assault, mm. which was essential and they thought, let's have a wrestling game, let's take the ring away, <laughs> let's fight outside, <laughs> right, let's do that one, it's just like, what are you doing, what is it, 
we talked about story modes a lot on their play, but the story mode was the hardcore challenge, which consisted of just winning, just fighting backstage. You couldn't actually defend the title after earning it. You won the title. That, that was it. That was you. You had the title. It was yours. Yes. Amazing. Was the point? There's. We talked earlier on about that the, the two K the thirteen game leading about maybe the Undertaker the two fourteen sorry was leading to the Undertaker streak. This part was the point you realised WWE's done. But they're just it's not going to come back. We just wanted a, a last payday, as it were. Soak as much cash out of it as you can while the ship goes down. Let's talk about good games now. Let's go to all the good stuff now. We've talked about a lot of these ones. There's some ones here. I mistakenly, I apologise again, put WrestleMania 2000 as a bad game. <laughs> Not a bad game. I apologise to any hardcore wrestling, WrestleMania ones. Nathan gave me such daggers across the table. It's unreal when I said that. <laughs> but yeah, that was that, that's talked about regularly as one of the best games of all time with, 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 with good rights. Um, we're now going to go to the kind of... There's a debate a lot of people have about what's the best wrestling game of all time. The two ones that people talk about are, we talked about it, Here Comes the Pain, mm-hmm. and No Mercy. Mm. WWF No Mercy, we've not really talked about WWF No Mercy, other than Kwaku mentioned it as one of the first game he played. But everybody can says that's the best game of all time. Others kind of dis- disagree and go with SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. Which of these two is the best game of all time as a wrestling game? Here Comes the Pain. Or better yet, would you disagree? Would you class something else as the best game? No, I'd got to go with Here Comes the Pain. Here comes I go with No Mercy. See, I didn't play No Mercy, so I'm not really. Sh- I don't know about that too much with the debate. What would put No Mercy ahead of Here Comes the Pain? I think what they had was saying earlier, Here Comes the Pain. The gameplay is probably a bit like, too quick. No Mercy is a, a bit more methodical. You have to actually like be a lot more skilled in mapping and to get the master it was like. As to why it's fair. Yeah, I mean, it was for its time. When did it come out? 97? Because uh, it was like yeah, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. It came out at the same time as Backstage Assault. Ah, That's why WWF still in business. Yeah. <laughs> I think, was it still as pixelated as it was back in the day? Because that was before oh, yeah. the SmackDown series came out. Or was oh. the one just before it? It was round about the time SmackDown died, as you say, SmackDown 2. Yeah. At that point in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of like, because SmackDown was a... PlayStation exclusive at that time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the N64. Yeah, that was the N64. So that's kind of what people say about it. I think it became, within a month apparently after it came out, it became the highest selling console game in America, mm-hmm. which showed just how good a game it actually was. Mm-hmm. But it was, you had a lot of the, one of the, one of the highest games of all time. So you just, it had a lot of the creative wrestling more people say about and the championship mode as well, the two things a lot of people praise. We said kind of earlier on how we kind of crave not having that old, that Here Comes the Pain style series. David wasn't a fan of it. No. A lot of people, as Nathan said, crave that type of thing again. Is it kind of the point where maybe WWE or any of the wrestling gaming developers should go simplistic and take away all that type of excessiveness? Should we go back to that type of style with the quality graphics? Mm, I'm not so sure. I think, again, maybe back in the day it would have been fine. Because again, the video game franchise was was less. Was just about. It just got about five years old, maybe slightly over. Um, and again, PS2, you know, it had its limitations as well. But I think the the games have evolved with the consoles themselves. And I think, given the capability you can do with a certain console, I don't see why the developers wouldn't waste all that potential. So I think it's just a. It's it's just going with the times. I think they would never. Wait, how many games can you say are like PS4 games in particular? How, how many of them can you say are 
like as simplistic as like maybe Here Comes the Pain, or even just a, a generic game in general like Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's obviously the simplistic's not really there anymore. People would strive for a lot more, but I think they need a challenge. That's what gamer. That's what good gamers want. They don't want a game to be too easy, kind of. They want to sort of have some level, some degree of skill involved. Yeah, but the thing is, obviously, a lot of the games nowadays are getting mixed reaction. Some people like it, some people don't. Should they just go back to that? I mean, sh- I mean they're kind of going by that one. There's so many glitches. You didn't really get glitches in that one. I mean, granted, the graphics wasn't great, but gameplay was good. You weren't getting all that. You weren't getting frustrated all the time. You were just enjoying the game. You can't really avoid glitches, though. I mean, well, you can. You, you can. Easy, you can. I mean, you've got, you can. There's, there's always there's always going to be one that escapes through the loophole, yeah. and yeah, that all that kind of is a bit of a nuisance. But I think you have to get certain conditions in such an order for that glitch to develop. I think it wouldn't really occur. Right. So you would say they're doing all right, keep it going? I think keep doing what they're doing, but keep listening to the fan base because they're the ones that are buying the games, they're the ones that are playing the games, and if they put forward suggestions, the developers need to hear them out. But at the same time, they've also got to be practical with how they develop it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no point in trying to make a game as best you can, but not fit everybody's uh, request in. Quickly before we finish up, does anybody disagree with David? I would say change it. But as long as 2K have the franchise, I don't think it's going to... I think it will continue as the same. How much uh, running longevity do you think 2K have got left? Yeah, they'll be there for the, they'll be there for they're, the still, they're still selling. Yeah, yeah. Year, so. I mean, the 2K 18's their fifth wrestling game now, yeah. I believe, yet. I think... Uh, how long have THQ been doing WWE games for? Like, since the... Since WrestleMania 2000. Since WrestleMania yeah. 2000, yeah. I think they'll go just as long as that, if not longer. And remember, THQ's been the, the calling card developer for WWE games for, for well over a decade. And I think there's still more to come with 2K in terms of wrestling games. And I think they'll just make them, with obviously uh, as well like evolving consoles and um, other things as well, the games are just going to get better. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. Yeah. And with that, I think that's a wrap. So, there we have it. Another show. Another tick. Another tick. Yeah. Apart, apart, apart from me here, with my notes. I need better notes. <laughs> I did all right this time round. I know, but I, I think I offended a good bit of our listeners by, saying to, by accidentally saying that WrestleMania 2000 was one of the worst, but hey, we've made it. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ingen. Uh, so yeah, that has been Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We have talked wrestling games, and we have done not bad. <laughs> we did all right. <laughs> I lost my just the bluntness in that one. So yeah, if you've enjoyed Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet this week, then follow us on Facebook. We're on there at... Yes, uh, Eat Sleep Soup Retweet, or follow us on Twitter as well at ESS Retweet. Hey, I got it right this time. Hey, there we go. <laughs> this show is going to be available on Mixcloud later on, so if you want to listen to this show and all our shows again, follow us on that. Again, it's ESS Retweet at Mixcloud, so you can enjoy all our past podcasts, plus the our WrestleMania preview show that we did in March, and my interview with ICW owner Mark Dallas is all on there. 
And if you want to listen to some of the other shows uh, from the Fusion Radio Takeover team, we've got a couple other shows happening tonight. Yes, coming up next, we've got the debut of Old School Classics with Sean Bryson. That should be good. So that's from 7 till half 8. And then from half 8, we've got Sarah Quinn. Yes, with the Wednesday Wind Down, we are going to be back this time. Oh, we've also got on Mondays. Quacky, we'll give you a plug. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, with oh. the debut of, the, of Quacky's late night chat show on Monday as well. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask permission for a plug. No, no I'm going to plug you for Monday, we're back and we're live again. 10 o'clock till half a week, well, until whenever we get shut down. <laughs> half late, 11. <laughs> late night chat show. We're going to be finding out how Cal got on with his uh, pool uh, date. He had a first date at a, and he's going to have a first date at a snooker hall. So we're going to find out how he gets on with that. And also be talking about other dates that people have had. More stories, more phone-ins. I'll release the number close to the time of when you can phone in. But expect the usual carnage. It's one not to be missed. Suplex Retreat is back at the same time next week, half five till seven, where we'll be talking about dream matches that haven't happened or will never happen. Following on from the first ever battle between AJ Styles and Finn Balor, we should have a good panel again and hopefully have more good discussion. But from the team at Eat Sleep, Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat, I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm David Hockley. And I'm Nathan Fisher. And we're also and we've also got Kwaku Aji. On the producer as always, well done. We're going to finish with the theme tune from WWE 13. Stay tuned to hear the old school classics with Sean, but we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. Cheerio. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!